So just to begin with a brief saying of the Buddhas, comes from the suttas, it's a simple um, utterance, this is sublime, this is peaceful, the stilling of Sankara, the relinquishment of Upadi, acquisitions, we'll go into that later, the destruction of craving, tanha, dispassion, nibbana. This is sublime, this is peaceful. Stilling of sankhara, the relinquishment of acquisition, destruction of craving, dispassion, nibbana. So sankhara is uh, the first term, that's uh, something that isn't to be destroyed or broken up or but cut stilled, may turn to stillness, returning to stillness. The activities have completed, they've said what they need to say, they've found a resolution, they're still, they're still there, you know, we still have the potential for volition, intention, uh, activation, um, all that is there, but it can also, well, now it's not subsides, now it can rest. So it's distilling that. And the process of handling sankhara, these impulse, um, embodied impulses that we experience, subtle and gross, handling them carefully so they are met, um, listened to, sensed, resolved, grounded, released, stillness. The abandonment of upadi, upadi is the different, it's kind of connected to upadana, upadana grasping. Upadi is the basic notion of graspable, if you like. You could say it's the self-forming tendency. Mm. That aim, that view, that understanding that one that there can be a having of something, a belonging, a being something, a becoming something, um, or having been something, that the spatio-temporal flux and, and being identified in that, um, the relinquishment of that, uh, destruction of craving, tanha is a pathological thirst. Not a decision, but a uh, innate uh, hunger, thirst for um, stimulation, belonging, um, substance, selfhood, and dispassion, a sense of openness, relinquishment of, of bias, uh, cool, peaceful, nibbana, the unbinding. The unbinding of these intense patterns and programs that weave and construct us and push us and drag us and throw us out and shut us down. Mm. Unbinding of that. Mm. So here I'm 
primarily focusing on Sankara, as I think this is uh, crucial, and this is what the, the Buddha's teaching is so um, multifaceted, but actually by and large dealing with intentions, uh, such as the intention towards the skillful, um, calming, the, the quietening of intentions and volitions, so they're not rushing out, the restraining, uh, the relinquishment of uh, possessiveness, often dealing with primary sankhara processes, and a lot of practice is, is just that. And also, of course, encouraging puja, the lifting of the heart, the rising of, of gladness and devotion, the offering of love, the offerings from the heart, encouraging these sankhara, this intentionality. Mm. So a lot of Buddha Dharma is just just about working these sankharas, and so we know them, hold them, understand them as not self, as particular formative patterns and formative energies that we are given. They are given, and they can be grossly distorted through ignorance and misunderstanding, and cause us and others incredible harm. But they can be uh, handled correctly, stilled. Um, soothed and they do us incredible benefit for ourselves and others and when there's no when there's a sense of not taking them so personally or letting them form a person then they can arise do their thing and then cease pass so as we see in the buddha's own life certainly a person of deep intentionality of profound giving of profound expressiveness he wasn't mute he certainly spoke a lot, um, met a lot, received a lot, handled a lot, adjusted a lot in terms of who he was talking to. There's a very keen, active heart intelligence and head intelligence going on there. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like nothing's happening, but it seems to me that you know the ability to let those forms arise, express themselves, and then... That's the end of that, no result. I'm not asking for anything in return. There's no accumulation. The person arises in particular forms, presents, and then ceases. And, you know, just from what um, exemplars I've seen in, in my own life, I would say that, that seems quite um, likely, since those exemplars tend to do that. They manifest in quite distinct personal, humorous, earthy, specific forms. Um, and then, okay, that's finished, and then gone. You know, or that, that expression has moved on. It's done what it needs to do, it's moved on. Mm. There's this kind of stillness and, and emptiness. The rising from emptiness and returning to emptiness. Now we tend to perhaps, uh, as Buddhists, favour emptiness because uh, person and form, it can be so fraught with, uh, you know, with everything really. Um, We're trying to make it work with how I'm seen, with embarrassing stuff, mundane stuff, silly stuff I should have grown out of years ago, but actually realise I haven't. But never mind. 
person has no, no movement of the chitta in time, it doesn't matter if you're 50, 60, 70, it hasn't really moved in time, it's only movements in terms of karma and the release from karma. And if one hasn't had the opportunity or the occasion or the instruction to release karma, then actually your chitter is still in some places five years old. all <laughs> 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 that's kind of impatience and it, you know whatever that is anyway. So, so because it, it, it really moves in terms of karma, you know, and when karma is released, so sankara is the, is the active aspect of the karma process. So if that active aspect hasn't been you know, properly understood, handled, you know, met properly, then it was continued to reiterate in masked forms, but the fundamental patterns of I want mine and <laughs> still <laughs> need for security and need for to be to be loved and these things and wanting to be okay with other people, these these have to be understood and met. Mm. They're not just grown out. You don't get over anything, actually. You don't get over things. You either process them or dismiss them. <laughs> and if you dismiss them, you, you haven't got over it. You just buried it. You know? There's no getting over. You don't get over loss. You have to process it. Yeah. And by and large, it's sometimes the painfulness of it is difficult, so we just, oh, well, can it, you know? Uh, but that, you know, that has works to a degree in personal terms, but it doesn't actually, um, you know, resolve what's occurring in the chitta. So those tendencies still remain. Therefore, you know, I tend to say, you know, it's fine. We have to handle this stuff specifically mm. and tra- trans re reset the sankara and you can't just do this i don't think this happens just purely in, in open awareness open awareness takes you off the pattern which is great uh, and maybe elements of the programs come up within that you can sense them this is conditioned release it but there's something about the specific quality of that of each one of them that i suggest requires a specific kind of meeting Mm. Mm. now just to reword um some of the the um uh, sankara programs And to really look into what is uh, what can what is needed, or what do people search for in order to to um, resolve those programs, you know, those patterns. So, mm. Now we seek the sankara, seek acquisition to acquire something, to hold something, to have something. Um, And some of this is about security. There's a need to feel I've got my space, I'm okay, I'm I'm secure, I'm, you know. uh, And that's very fundamental. 
Mm. And so much acquisitiveness is to do with making sure I'll be all right in the future, making sure I'm okay, I'm defended, I've got my ground, I've got my territory, whether it's my office, my workspace, my house, my my zone, my sitting cushion, whatever it is, my, you know, and to, so that you can't, you have to meet that requirement. Mm. This is a this is something the chitta searches for. Until we found that, we don't really uh, settle. I call this basic ground, basic ground, safe ground. This can be found within the embodied state. Yeah, so fully embodied, as I've suggested, feeling the sense of the the ground beneath is the most e- easiest place to feel that resting in that as if the ground is very happy to receive the weight of the body and you can breathe out breathe out down the trunk of the body down to the base of the body through the pelvic floor and the legs and just settling and letting your center drop from your chest and head down into your belly as if the ground is holding you and the ground in fact becomes almost like a holding space around you which is obviously not so in terms of sensation isn't perceivable but intuitively appreciable i have a safe space around in front of my body behind my body above me i'm in that and to really get the body to sense that through the skin and through the core of the body from the top of the head all the way through the body so that you know my chest can be free my back can be open there's nothing i have to shield against and the breath can descend i don't have to be on guard up in my head and i'm free from other people's doing numbers on me um, criticizing me um, taking a shot at me wanting something from me and so you just check check those that list and and that is to something you sustain first of all somatically and also try to bring that in you know into more psychological um, qualities this is because you know as we when we come off retreat these programs are going to be there they they are required life programs you can't avoid that but you can reset the security need and make it something that isn't dependent upon the world around you which is not going to provide it may provide it now and then but it's not going to provide it so securely with such a sense of given as as your embodied state will you know you may drive somewhere or find somewhere where you can be but that's not given that's that's something you have to seek this one is a given that you that you are asked to open into trust take your time with and the sign of it when you feel that the sense of the body feels lighter less intense and your breath center tends to drop to 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 the to the abdomen and checking that out it's primary need 
we might say this is the very fundamental quality of of love the parental you're okay you know that's the parental quality the parenting quality we might call that the parent the parenting love just that which holds you steady no matter what you don't have to be good or deserve or win or any of that and of course it's not always the case that our parents are 100 percent clear in what they're doing so they can be do the best they can but they don't know, necessarily know the fullness of that what's required or the simplicity of it so that's the way it goes uh, and now but now is the time to to really contemplate and and resolve resolve that with whatever's there you don't need to do something in order to feel that you other than just tune in to that Another fundamental quality of citta, which comes into, we might say, the, the, that same field, because citta basically has this emotive heart quality. So another one is harmony, isn't it? We seek harmony. We seek to be in resonance, not in discord. We don't like discord. We like harmony. Things are flowing between this one and what's around, whether what's there is another person, or um, even the state of one's room, you don't like it being untidy, you want it to be nice and comfortable for yourself, so you rearrange things, you don't like the colour of the wall, you don't like that glary colour, so you so you feel there's a harmonious environment you're, you're in that feels, it meets you, it settles you, you feel agreeable with it, you're not in conflict with it. And that could be anything from you know, the place you live, to the people you live with, to the people you work with. Some sense of there can be a harmony, a free flow of reciprocity, of mutuality. This occurs from time to time with people, certainly, but it's a little, it can be extremely limited. You know, people can not experience that or have severe limitations on that. And what tends to replace it is um, uh, transactions, deals. Yeah, I'll do that, okay? You, you do this for me, I'll do that for you. <laughs> you know, so we, there's a deal, if you like. Uh, uh, or, or in fact, there's no deal. <laughs> there's just domination or shutting out or you know somebody's on top of somebody else and that's you know you just follow because it's easier than just fighting against it no this is not harmony this is just obedience which is not the same because mm. it you know it locks you into a, a relationship that's sort of submissive um, and non-negotiable. So harmony has to be something where there's a, a, enough trust and respect to, to negotiate how is this, how is that, how does this meet? And certainly between people. Now we're actually learning some of that in, hopefully, in meditation. Because here you're just meeting your own body. 
without trying to make it, push it around, throw it into shape, sit body, stand body, walk body, keep going body, and body's going, oh no. <laughs> uh, and, and so forth. Without really even knowing fully what the body is. He's got this visual appearance of the body and the idea of you plonk it on a cushion, switch it on and crank out. Without really sensing what's there in embodiment, what has to be met, what has to be negotiated in terms of, okay, we need a little, little less of that, a little less pressure here, a little adjustment here, some time spent with that one, resting that one, yeah, feeling into that one, developing a sense of negotiation with internally one's one's body, even one's postures, sitting sitting positions, walking and so forth. But then even more consciously with the breathing, which again we tend to often adopt um, a domination strategy on unconsciously. And particularly because we tend to watch the breathing from the head. Yeah. And that isn't a terribly helpful negotiating position. Yeah. Your heart is the negotiator, not the head. Head does contracts. Heart does how's that how's that feeling? And so it is sympathetic. So we try to do that shift to to the body and to the breathing from, from heart, from chitta. How is this feeling? Mm. What encourages to be present? What needs to be put aside? How does the attitudes change all the time in the world to allow breathing to enter, to move as it is all the time in the world, to breathe out? Mm. A lot of practice is around just finding the right kind of sati, mindfulness, relationship of awareness to breathing and what kind of attention is needed to sustain it. Now, attention is not neutral. Attention is a sankhara and it generally has uh, aims in it uh, to see, to know clearly, to be able to define clearly. And um, sometimes that's too much to ask for right now. Mm. Can we be aware of breathing and just keep referring to it as it is experienced, however it's experienced, however the body's experienced, and perhaps name what's experienced. Feels like pressure, feels like warmth, feels like flowing, feels soft, feels stopping, starting. However, so get to, to, get to be aware of the breathing, or the body, or your meditation theme, and then gradually the, the language can simplify and clarify to, to firm reference. But mindfulness is not something that's immediately switched on in completion. It's first of all the negotiation to, huh? what's the real bit? It starts off as the willingness to, to, to negotiate, to find reference, and then the, that's about it. And then from that, it starts to firm up when you really have found the right way to refer to 
the place to refer to the particular tonality and the way of holding it. Yeah, so this is also an aspect of of what's meant by harmony, living in harmony with the body, with the way it is, and, and even with the space you move through, walking through space. Yeah. So you're not pushing through it, you're not charging through it, but you're opening into the space that you walk through. There's a lot that can be done in this quality. This is the, the lovingness of friendship, you could say. It's that kind of quality. And as you know, when you have friends, you can disagree, but there's no malice, there's disagree, and then, well, how do we negotiate? Where does, where does it meet both our positions? And that, that's part of the interesting thing about true friendship, isn't it? It helps us to learn a bit about ourselves and so on. Another very important quality of, of heart, again, we sense this as an aspect of what we might call love, is the ability to pour forth, to bring forth, to give. And so we can do this in our work, we want to really give ourselves to something we care for, or interested in, or to another person, we want to give to a child or to a partner, we want to really offer something from ourselves. And, or puja, or indeed in making commitments to to one's training, one's practice as a as a pasika or as a bhikkhu, bhikkhuni, you want to give yourself to to the to the sacred, to you know, however that's configured, and that's quite important, you know, to to actually extend the range of that, so we give ourselves to our duties, um, yeah. Um, to our relationships and even to the earth, how can we support, look after the care for the earth and then to the sacred, how do I offer myself, open my mind, open my heart to truth, virtue, beauty, clarity, purity, to those resonances, can I reach to that range which is ungraspable, graspable you turn, turns into dogmatism belief systems. It's left ungrasped, it just turns into this infinite opening of heart. It's a very beautiful form of spiritual love. This is something definitely to to get a handle on, train, because it's for one's deep fulfillment. This pouring oneself into. And how we, we long to do that and for most people this is expressed in their say in their vocation or in their relationships or in their parenting you know, or even in the way they look after a piece of land or something they empty themselves into that and the lovely richness of that we don't lose we're actually gained by the giving increasing rich by the giving this is a very important feature of practice once you get it, what it does is it frees, it turns obligation into loyalty. And how these two can, can shift, you know, it starts out being a real 
your vocation becomes certainly an act of love and it becomes into a bit of a grinding chore yeah yeah you you because it becomes uh salaried and then obliged performance and all that yeah and how that the beauty of that can be tainted by something where you no longer feel you're giving you feel something suck being sucked out of you and you want to give you want to be giving but you just need that little bit of freedom to say look i'm it's my gift it's not a demand uh, i'm here to give not to you know just be be used up and finding that that line whereby one can sense when am i really giving and then when am i finding myself getting into a contract hmm? and i think we all have to find our way with that and certainly you know even in my vocation that's there uh, sort of helping training teaching how much has to become an obligation oh Another retreat, another load of correct people and have to sort out and get off my, you know, sort yourself out, for God's sake, you know. When does it become like that, you know, when you feel you've got to shape people up, sort them out? Well, if it is like that, it's time to quit, really. <laughs> yeah. There's no contract. It means I don't even have to succeed at it. I just do my giving and, yeah, that's what I can do. I don't know. Um, that that's enriching and maybe you pick some of that up and that's that's the best I can do and I'm I'm satisfied with that I cannot fulfill I cannot answer every question sort everything out but in a way I don't I don't need to if I can encourage you to open your your channels your authority your power your love you'll 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 do the rest of it you're right on the case <laughs> Yeah. So and look at those things: fundamental security, safeness, undeserved, just because you're here. You don't have to deserve it. Uh, harmony, negotiation. You have the. You know why I've offered quite a bit of free time. Is is your choice? By all means, make a mistake. Find out. By all means, you know, find out. I'm not here to to be giving people grades or you know checking people in that way your choice you know find out negotiate your your time and your space and what works for you um, chances for offering offering the meal offering puja get into the sense of that these are forms of deep forms of heart where we begin to transform the sankaras of holding on, controlling into safe, uh, dominating, controlling into negotiating what's harmonious between us, mm. feeling obliged and under pressure and got to produce the goods into my free gift, my free giving, mm. re re figuring these sankharas and last kind, last, another one very fundamental one is our 
a need for pleasure, the quality, the erotic quality, the sense to feel the warmth of pleasurable uh, energy running through the tissues. So we feel we feel met, we feel brightened, we feel enriched. Mm. This quality, mm. something we uh, human beings seek, and generally this comes through either sexual activity, romantic sexual activity, or uh, cappuccino with just just a dash of whipped cream, <laughs> which goes permeates the tissues with trills of pleasure. Not that I'm hinting. So, whatever turns you on. <laughs> but the uh, some of it, as you know, is quite risky and doesn't always work. Uh, so the other pieces certainly have to be in place. And then in meditation, this is what uh, the Buddha described as the uh, piti sukha, where there's not one part of one's body that isn't suffused with this subtle pleasure. And he's saying, this I recommend. Do not be embarrassed, do not be fearful, do not draw back from that, go into it. So this is the advice of, of the Buddha. Um, as almost like a fundamental requirement. In order to feel the the richness, the completion of the citta, as it feels happy. So then when these are in place, and this is in place through these various means, then, truly then, the citta is composed and collected, satisfied. This is where it enters samadhi, and it knows. Hmm. It knows this is the given. Yeah. This is here, this is arrived at through skillful cultivation, through skillful training, through skillful attunement. Therefore, there isn't the need for domination, obligation, acquisition. Yeah, there isn't the need for that. Sees, sees the truth of that and begins to discard these unnecessary upadi acquisitions. Mm-hmm. There's very often the you know the self-forming tendency, the upadi tendency is exactly to hold secure, to feel you know uh, one is in a prime position, not being bossed around. So he's uh, one is getting one's feel goods. Uh, one is um, um, feeling feeling happy in that. And one can perform, one can bring forth the good stuff. Uh, and there can be quite a huge amount of struggle in trying to get those places, get those needs met. And it can be even competitive, can't it? Now, in, certainly in Dhamma practice, we are finding ways to to get those needs met so the jitta feels steady and calmed and satisfied, then it begins to shake off what isn't necessary. And also in that, in that rich state, then some of the bruising and the wounding and the fretting and the negative programs 
are stilled and released. It's like the dents come out of the of the body work. You know, we, we feel fulfilled. The called the chitta is made great, the great chitta, mahachitta. And it's, that's that's the term for it. And this is there's generally two primary means. One is that embodiment through through breathing in and out, and the other is the the aspect of the Brahma Vihara, the loving qualities. And essentially, I wouldn't take them as separate, but really they're to be cultivated in in tandem, so that one's quality of metta is not just an idea, or a theory, or even an obligation or something I have to come up with, but the natural quality of, you know, goodwill is quite, is a natural, when one is feeling steady and balancing oneself, it's a natural need and inclination that way, we, we are enriched by it. So when does these qualities, metta, karuna, come out of the theoretical, and the requirement Say, say the obligation, like, you're not a very, you haven't got much compassion, have you? Oh dear, another thing to be critical about. So if it's some personal acquisition that we can, you know, give people stars on or grade people on, you know, then this is the twisting that which is actually transpersonal into measuring it purely in personal terms, who's more than anybody else or have you come up with the right standard yet you're supposed to be buddhist you're supposed to be infinitely compassionate therefore you should let me do whatever i want to do (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) you know the way it goes Uh, you should let me dump on you infinitely (laughs) because you're compassionate Uh, no i don't think that's doing you any good really yeah i think compassionate things to say uh, I rec- recommend you you learn how to deal with your stuff because <laughs> that's what's going to do you the most good. Isn't it? So this is how you you begin to reflect and just notice when the negative sankharas come in and name them: desire to have, uh, desire to perform, get good results, um, desire for pleasure. Uh, and desire for, uh, or a sense of obligation, particularly very strong one, the work ethic. They're, there's a they're saying something. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep they wouldn't keep expressing themselves if they didn't mean anything at all. But they just got twisted, and we need to turn obligation into something like loyalty, you know, that which I feel loyal to. I want to pour into. And if you're not, don't. Just wait. I want to be able to hold in a way that's not grasping, but is is referential, spacious, allows me to to know and sense. I want to feel a sense of of being in harmony, even if it means meeting disagreement. And how is that? How is that difficult feeling, that difficult emotion? How is that? How can I find a right place to be with that in a friendly, non-pressurized way? And you know, so even meet, meeting one's own darkness, one's own 
intensities, one's own painfulness and grimness and spitefulness or whatever. Uh huh. Where's the meeting place for that? Listening, sensing, breathing into. And how's it affecting the body? And where is the the easeful body? Where is the patient body? Where is the gentle body? And can that meet the difficult pieces with no pressure? It's almost like allowing them to 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 speak their speak and finish complete. Now most, as I said, most conversations require a good deal of silence. So this is not hurry up and get this resolved. This is, how is that? And then the long pause. Say, how is that? The long pause. And where is that? Hmm. Can you even visualize or see it or sense it? Where is that? And when that's there, how is how is breathing? And when that's there, how is the space around you? Is it, is it still safe? Is it still steady? Is it still you're okay, you're grounded, or are you finding yourself suddenly thrown into a void where you're grasping and fluttering and trying to figure things out, trying to work out going up into the head and trying to get on top of this. Let's just come down again, grounded, fundamental, first thing, grounded, space, grounded, space. Let's try again. How is that? The beginning of it. Can you stay grounded with space? Breathing out. So it's it's just finding the meeting place and negotiation is quite a subtle and sensitive process. But if you find that place, there is a sense of shift. Ah, you know, now we're actually, we're in the right place, we're in the right territory. It's no longer throwing up into this cycle of head with the memories and the obligations and the criticisms and the I should be's and all that spin. It's it's felt and perhaps it feels even directly it feels somewhat uncomfortable it should yeah it's bound to feel uncomfortable you know can you be with that discomfort a little bit longer and breathe out and widen soften keep the ground as you feel 
some of the discomfort, the itchy, the restless, the got to get away. Breathe out. Let the in-breath come in. Breathe out. Let the process unfold from holding the grounded space, holding the basis of empathy, holding friendliness. The rest of it, the sankara itself will know what to do. The movement, the energy will know what to do. It will start to flash around. It may bring up memories and perceptions and moods. You just hold the space. And then it, it can run through. And you don't know. But you know you're touching the real thing. And if you can hold your grounded space, empathy, just a little bit longer, it's going to be for your long-lasting welfare, benefit, at least there'll be less convictions in the movement, less of the spin in the head, more ability to own what's really happening and no longer feel ashamed, disappointed, critical of it. It must, this is always progress, it must, then you're on the winner really, it's just a matter of seeing it through. So let's take some time to deepen into our experience.